Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. Hey, if you're a mom in here, can you go ahead and stand for us this morning so we can honor you in this place? Awesome. Beautiful. I'm going to ask you to keep standing, and I'm just going to ask if you are a woman in here, can you also just stand so we can honor you? Because as Pastor Tracy said, you are a woman in the house of God. I mean, you are a mother in the house of God. That's a call for each one of us. So can we honor the women in the house today? I want to pray for you this morning. Could you just stretch out your hands this morning towards our amazing moms and women in the house? Jesus, we thank you today that as Paul said, that you would strengthen them today, not with a brute strength, but with a glorious inner strength. God, we know that being a mom is the most difficult and yet wonderful job on the planet. God, would you come today and fill them with your glorious inner strength. And as Paul said, that they would know your love for them, the heights, the depths, the wits, the lengths of your great love for them. They love their children so well. They love people so well. But God, today, I'm praying that they would know how loved they are and that they would sense today in a very tangible way your love for them. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are good and you have good things in store for the women in this house. If you believe that, church, can you give God a big hearty amen this morning? (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to all of you. We've got a packed house in here. We are so glad that you chose to come to church on Mother's Day. No greater place to be than in the house of God. Amen. What an awesome Sunday this is. We have people getting baptized. We're dedicating babies to the Lord. I mean, this is incredible. This is what church is all about. It's the family of God. And so I believe you're in the right place today at the right time. And and I, I see myself today as kind of just a a, a herald of good news. I, I, I really believe and I, I hope I have some... We have some faith in here this morning that we are living in incredible days. How many of you would say, yes, I believe that. We are living in incredible days. Now, very difficult, challenging days, but how many of you know that that's usually a signpost that God's about ready to do something? He is the God of the miraculous. He is the faithful Father. He is the glorious King, and we know that with Him, all things are possible. Amen? So I come today hoping by the by the Holy Spirit to spark faith in us today because I believe what God is getting ready to do in the church is going to require great faith. How many of you know that without faith it's impossible to please God? But we are those who have great faith. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say I have faith this morning. Turn to your other neighbor and say you have faith this morning. I'm going to pray that for us right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and you would impart 
faith into us today. God, I pray for Capital Church, God, we would have the gift of faith. God, I thank you that we would be like those who dream. We would be those who believe that with our God, all things are possible. That we don't look with natural eyes, we see the world with spiritual eyes. We don't look at our circumstances, but we say our God is above the circumstances. We don't look at our, our, at our temporary, but we look towards the eternal. We know that our God is big and he's mighty to save and that with him, all things are possible. And so God, I pray today that you would charge us with fresh faith this morning. God, let faith just surge inside of us today that we would walk out of this place as believers. God, we are believers. We are those who believe. And so God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are my partner here today. Your words be spoken. What you want said, be said. And Holy Spirit, let your word go forth and power and accomplish what you send it to do and bring faith into us, oh God, that we would be a church like a city set on a hill, a lamppost that cannot be put out. It doesn't matter how dark it is in our day. We will shine bright for you, Jesus. God, you will look across the earth and you will say, there is a church who believes. There is a church who trusts me. It doesn't matter how dark it is. They are like those who dream. I can work with a church like that. And so God, I pray that you will come and you will take God, take my words, but let them not be my words, but your words and let them surge us this morning with great faith for God my story is that is you are good and we can trust you. So God, I pray that my story would bring hope to all of us today that you are a faithful God and what you promise you will bring to pass. And if you agree with that, can you say amen this morning? Amen. I was asked to, I was asked by my husband to share a little bit of my testimony um, this Sunday. So I'm really just sharing my heart. I've been meditating kind of the last couple weeks on, really before even he asked me, I felt the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me um, about this. And I know I haven't had a, uh, got to share our story in quite a few years maybe. So I know a lot of you maybe haven't heard of it. A lot of you have heard our story, but I, I really believe, how many of you know our story is all for his glory? Our story is for his glory. My whole life from the, or, or, from the moment I came to know Jesus at the age of 19, really, I mean, I, I grew up in the church, but I really didn't start my relationship with God till 19. There was something in me that said, God, would you write my story? Lord, I, I don't know what's best for my life. You know what's best for my life. And, I, and, and symbolically, it was like I handed God the pen and the paper and I said, God, you write my story. I'm surrounded to whatever your plan for me is. And I pray that you would write my story in such a way that you get all the glory, all the glory, that people would hear my story and they would say, oh my gosh, how, how is that possible? And can I tell you to this day, this happens to me every single day. I leave my house with my million children. I, I, people, I love it because my oldest kids will love to share my, share my story and they'll tell people, yeah, my mom has three sets of twins. And I mean, everywhere I go, people, I, I'm telling my story and they're like, I don't understand. How do you have three sets? You have to tell me, all, tell me, tell me. 
tell me everything. How did this happen? And, and every time we just get to point to, it's just God's goodness. He's just so good. He's been faithful in our lives. We, we trusted him to build our story and he truly did. And so I just want to share with you a little bit of our, of my story this morning and in hopes that it will encourage you on a personal level, but as well as in our world today, that our God is a miracle working God. I believe this and I know this to be true in my life with every fiber of my being. He is faithful. I have not had an easy life. I've had, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to share today time-wise, but I've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs, but somehow by the grace of God, the one thing I've, I've been able to do well because of the Holy Spirit was I anchored myself and God is good. I, I, I look back at my life and I'm like, how did, how did I know that right away? I have no idea. It's the, it's, it's just the gift of the Holy Spirit. I know many of you could say the same, but when, when storms came in my life, there was something in me that says, okay, I'm anchored. We sang about this this morning. I will anchor myself to God. He is the firm foundation I will build my life upon. He, he will not fail me. People will fail me. Circumstances will fail me just like I will fail people. And, and I, and we all go, we, none of us are perfect. None of us are God, but I somehow had this resolute resolution in me that God is good and I can trust him no matter what. Give me a wave. If you said, yes, I believe that God is good. And I can trust him no matter what. Can I tell you the goodness of God does not mean an easy life. It doesn't mean that our God is a vending machine in heaven. And we teach our, my we, we're teaching our kids this. That doesn't mean you get everything you want. Because how many of you as a parent know if you gave your child everything they wanted, you would not be a good parent, right? God is a good God. He knows what we need more than we do. And so it doesn't mean too that we have a life void of trouble. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, not in the world to come, but in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've already overcome the world. And so what he was, what was he saying? He said, yes, you will have trouble. You will have suffering. There will be hard times, but I'm with you and you can trust me. And I will get you to the other side. And really that's where my story all began. I gave my life really, like I said to the Lord at the age of 19, probably a month or two after I did that, I got hit with a, one of the hardest storms I've ever walked through. My dad reached out to me and my sister. My, we were the oldest. I'm the oldest. She was right behind me and we have three younger siblings. And he said, I want to meet with you and your sister. And honestly, I thought he was going to say, I'm taking you on a vacation or something. I mean, I was like, I was, I did not see what was coming. And, um, we, he sat us down and in short, basically, in essence said, I'm, I'm leaving your mom. And it was, it, it was like, you can imagine a, just a punch in the, my gut. It was like, what? Now I had, me and my sister had no clue that my parents were even struggling. We didn't know that there was things going on behind the scenes. And I remember in that moment, I ran to the bathroom. We were at my sister's house and I just, in that moment, I think I had a choice. I could get angry at God and say, how could you let this happen? But that's not what I did. I, I went into the bathroom and I said, oh God, what am I gonna do? I didn't see this coming. And I heard the sweet voice of Jesus, probably the first time I really heard his voice. 
And I knew enough of the Bible, I guess, to know this story. He's, he quickened to me, Mark 4, I believe it's 38, but there's a story of Jesus where he said, he told his disciples, let's get in the boat and we're gonna go to the other side. And you know the story, the storm came in the middle. But what the Holy Spirit spoke to me right then, it, that story came alive to me and he said, I'm telling you the end of the story. You're gonna get to the other side. And he said, Kelly, trust me to get you to the other side, even in the midst of this storm that you didn't see coming. And by faith, I grabbed a hold of it. That really looking back shaped the trajectory of my life. I chose by faith to believe God is good. I can trust him. He will get me to the other side. Now, it didn't mean circumstances were perfect after that. A lot of things didn't go the way I thought they were gonna go. Years later, my dad would die unexpectedly at the age of 48. It was a lot of heartache and pain, but I look back at that moment and I see that God used that moment to say, Kelly, people will fail you. Circumstances will not go your way, but I am with you in the boat. I am with you and I am all you need. And I promise if you put your trust in me, I will take care of you. I will get you to the other side. And that really shaped my life. I, 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 anytime now I, I go, I've gone through a storm, I always say, God, what are you saying? I don't care what my circumstances are saying. Chris and I have been in a really challenging season we didn't see coming. Just circumstances just seems like, have you ever been there where you feel like everything that could go wrong is going wrong? I mean, are we the only ones? Have you been in that season? It's like, okay, like nothing is going how I thought it was gonna go. You know, but, but one thing Chris and I have determined, we're like, no, God is our firm foundation. He is the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, we are held by him, amen? And so that's, that's become the, the anchor of our life. So things didn't, didn't go perfectly how I imagined they would, but we, I trusted God, you will work it all for my good. And that really became my life scripture, Romans 8, 28. For God, God will cause all all things to work together for the good of those who love him. So that doesn't mean that everything we go through in life will be good. How many of you could say, yeah, I've gone through some really bad stuff, right? We all could say that. None of us are, are, are void of that. But it does mean if we believe God is good, that means we we know we can trust him. And if we can trust him, we can trust that he will work it for our good. He will work it for our good. Even your mistakes that you make, he will work it for good as you trust in him. Difficult circumstances that come your way, he will work it for good if you trust him. So it doesn't mean everything is good and dandy and wonderful, but you can, this is what I do. When things don't go the way I thought, I just, I gotta, get in, I gotta get in my prayer closet and I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying about this? And then I say, I often say, God, I cannot wait to see what you're gonna do. I can't wait to see how you're gonna turn this around. I didn't see this coming. I didn't want this to happen, but God, I can't wait to see how you're gonna work it for good because that's your promise to me because I love you and you've called me, amen? 
Amen. So that, that was the beginning of my story with Jesus. There was a lot of storms, a lot of difficult times, but, but I anchored myself in him. And then, like I said earlier, I, I began to really pray God. And I, I want to challenge our young people in here this morning. Trust God to write your story. Trust him to write your story. Can I tell you, it will often not be what you thought. And it will hardly ever be in the timing you want. But if it, the, there's a scripture, I love it. It says we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. How many of you know, as good parents, your kids don't get everything they want right when they want it, right? Our patience demonstrates our trust in him. And so we inherit the promises of God through faith and through patience. So I want to challenge our young people in here, and really all of us, trust God to write your story and surrender it to him. Just lay down every desire, what you think you want, what you think you know you need, and yield it to him and just say, God, I'm trusting you to write my story. And that's what I I did and years would go by and I was a, an intern at, at City Church Church Home for two years there and and, and just just grew in Jesus and and um, really learned what it meant to follow him wholeheartedly and then I went to uh, Northwest uh, University for two years and around that at the end of that time God began to speak to me about my husband and I remember he he said what do you what do you want and I remember I said and he, my husband wishes that I prayed this. I didn't pray for like six, five. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> he says, he says it's his fault that he's, I think the perfect height. My dad was, was uh, six foot. So I think that's perfect. So that's what I prayed for. He blames me that, that he, that's where, where he's at, but <laughs> he's perfect anyway. So, but I, one thing I prayed, I said, God, I want, I, I, as cliche as it sounds, I want a, a man, a husband that loves you passionately and loves people passionately. Well, I remember I was at our, our youth conference um, and I was just worshiping and, and the, lots of details to the story. So I'm trying to just get to the, cut to the chase here. There's a lot more I could say, but I remember the Holy Spirit told me um, during that worship service, open your eyes and look up. And I looked up and there's like a screen just like this. And on that screen was this handsome fellow right there. He was in. He was at. He was in the front row for the conference, and he was just worshiping. And he happened to be on the uh, the screen right when I looked up, and the Holy Spirit quickened to me. That's who you've been praying for, and I just knew what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. That that was my husband. Now at the time, I'm just like, you know, like a youth girl, and, and, and um, you know, I'm at this point like, I mean, how long? I don't even know. But I've, I've been at City Church for about four years then, um, and he's like the youth pastor. Uh, an amazing church in Boise, Idaho. And I was like, oh gosh, how, really? He's that, he's mine, you know? And I know lots of girls get those kinds of words, but like mine was really the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so you gotta really make sure you're in tune to the Holy Spirit, okay? I know a lot of people are like, give me a word right now for that guy over there, no. And... <laughs> So I have one of those rare stories where I actually did hear, but, um, and this is maybe how you'll know it's the Holy Spirit. He said, hide it in your heart. Like Mary, when the angel came to Mary, he, he, he said, she hid these things in her heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, now hide it in your heart and trust me. Oh, it makes me just want to cry thinking about it. Trust me to bring it to pass in my timing. 
and a, a whole year would go by and, um, you know, you know, you kind of were human, right? I, I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like nothing's happening. And how am I supposed to, he's in another state. And, but I just really prayed. And, and, and I had, I had, um, a, a close friend that was, I had shared it with that was praying with me and we're like, okay, God, we just trust you're going to do this in your way. You're writing our story, writing my story. And fast forward to the, a, a year exact later, um, at that same conference, um, long story short, but my pastors, Jude and Chelsea, um, who are, if you don't know, Chris cousins, um, they, she, I was back serving in the, in the green room and she grabbed a hold of me. She said, Hey, come and sit down with us. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cause I, I wasn't supposed to be sitting down. I was supposed to be, um, serving the food. And, and she said, I want to introduce you to someone and sat me down right next to Chris. And then said, Oh, I'll be right back. I forgot a fork. <laughs> No, she had a fork in her hand, I'm pretty sure. And we're like, oh, oh don't go, don't go. <laughs> you know? No, but it was, it, it was amazing. It was like one of those moments where it was like, the, we now know the whole room was watching us, but it was like, we only had eyes for each other. Oh, so sweet. And we just were, we talked for about 30 minutes and we just both knew. I mean, he knew right away that I was the love of his life. It took me 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I knew right away. I already knew before that. Like I said, God had already given me a word. So, um, so yeah, and pretty much six weeks later, we were engaged. And I forgot to say, today is the anniversary of that. Chris proposed to me 16 years ago today, May 8th, on his 30th, the day after his 30th birthday, he proposed to me. So such a special, it's just so fun to relive the story because it's just all, it all points to God's faithfulness. He's just so faithful. And so, so uh, yeah, we were engaged six weeks later and then married five months later and we knew it was the Lord. Okay. So, so don't do that unless you have a lot of wise counsel around you. I think even Pastor Ken was trying to get it, get it quicker. I remember him and Uncle Wendell were like, let's just, <laughs> let's just speed this up, okay? They wanted, they're like, he's ready. He's 30. Let's just, <laughs> no. We were living in different states, so it was, it was definitely a short engagement. But, um, so anyway, so then that, that then takes us, that's Chris and I, and, and we, we then, Chris and I almost right away want, wanted to start having, yes, Lord, bring, bring the glory, God. And, uh, Chris and I wanted to have children. Pretty much we started right away. And we just committed that to Jesus. We said, Lord, in your perfect timing, just like you wrote our marriage story, you will write our story of our children and do it in a way, God, that you just get all the glory. And I just laugh at that now because God's like, I love that prayer. Okay, you just wait and see what's coming. And so we, we years, a couple years ago, well, year would go by. We, we weren't getting pregnant. Another year would go by. And, um, and at that time, the whole, is there like a plane just hovering? <laughs> I mean, someone should check outside or, or is everything okay? Um, there's not even a plane. It's just angels, guys. <laughs> I believe it. So anyways, um, so a year would go by another year. And at that time, you know, the Holy Spirit began to speak to us about adoption. And we love adoption. Here at Capital Church, we love 
love adoption. We, we of course, love adoption because each one of us have been adopted into God's family. Amen. That's God's heart. And so we know many people in our family, Shane and Kirst and others who at the time had already adopted. I have family members who had adopted. We have such a heart, this church for foster care. And so that was just like a non-negotiable. We're like, yes, of course, God, we, we want to adopt. And so we begin to pursue that route. And we, I, I don't know, something in my spirit, I just knew that we were going to conceive and we were going to adopt. And can I just say this as just a little, I like to always throw this in there, but adoption was never a plan B for us. How many of you know that, uh, that however God brings your child is always plan A. It's always God's perfect will. And so I always say this, that, for, you know, cause people will say, oh, you know, is it, is it different when you, and I, uh, no, because it's, it was good. There were ours from the beginning. So why, and I, I use this analogy cause it's the best way I can describe it. If someone, if a friend is coming to you from out of town, you don't care if they rode their, uh, drove a car or they flew in a plane. You don't care. You're just so glad they're finally there. And that, and that's how it is. However God builds your family, they are all equally and wonderfully miraculous. And so we prayed, we're like, God, would you just build our family how you want to build it? And uh, four, four and a half a year, I'm trying to get to speed path through this because it's so long, but four and a half to five years would go by. And at that time, God had also put twins in our heart. I remember um, that there was a specific time. I was not expecting it. I was just in my bedroom and like literally like the glory of God came in my bedroom. I couldn't even open my eyes. I've never had something like that probably since. And he just spoke to me, you will have two sons and they will be, I knew this was the Holy Spirit because I don't even use this word, valiant and strong and courageous. And I will use them to advance my kingdom and they will do great and mighty works for me. And I said, yes, Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And I hid that word in my heart and I knew God had spoken to me. And so four and a half years would go by. We would have, we would have possible doors open and doors shut, doors open, doors shut. But we just knew God had put twins in our heart. Well, fast forward to a good Friday. How many, everybody said good Friday. It was a very good Friday for us. And I love this because we were at Jimmy John's. God is in the details, guys. If you know the slogan of Jimmy John's, freaky fast delivery, okay? I'm telling you, God is in the details, okay? He, I bet he just got a kick. He's like, angels, look at this. Watch this. This is hilarious. Because we're sitting there eating our, our sub sandwiches when we get a phone call from our social worker. We were not expecting this that day. And she said, hi, I have a birth mom that I would love to show your profile to. Is that okay? And we were like, yes, of course. And she's like, all I can tell you is that she's carrying twin boys. And my heart, I mean, I just think I just threw my sandwich and I was like, this is it, yes. And I just knew we called Chris' parents right away, my mom, and we're like, oh my gosh, please be praying. Like, this is it, we know this is it. And, um, you know, we thought, oh yeah, great. We're gonna have months to get ready. Now, like, we should start planning now by faith. No, this is hilarious. Two hours later, two hours later, I love this because Chris, we, we were at home at this point, Chris was taking a nap and I say, wow, God really is in the details. He knew you needed that last nap because your, your life was about to change forever. And I, and I hope it was good. I don't know. I never got to ask you, but it was the last nap you would take for years. <laughs> and 
I remember my, the social worker was calling me back and I was like, why is she calling me? That's unusual. Like she would not normally not do that. And I remember I answered the phone and she's just kind of shooting the breeze. And she says, well, uh, I just wanted to let you know that the birth mom chose you. And actually she gave birth to your sons this morning. So can you please come to the hospital and meet your babies? <laughs> Only God, right? Only God could do that. And I remember Chris, Chris just like, I mean, I, he says I was just screaming. I, he couldn't even understand anything I was saying. I was just crying and happy and screaming. And he just like comes out of the bedroom like this, <laughs> sleep like hair disheveled. Like, and I remember he just looked at my face and dropped to his knees and just started sobbing. And we just were like, we were like, Truly, God will exceed your wildest expectations if you trust in him. He loves to do it. He's a good, creative father. And so we got to go to the hospital and we got to first meet our amazing birth mom. And I just want to honor her this morning. She was watching uh, our, our first service. And in case she's watching again today, uh, we, Deanne, we love you with all of our hearts. We will always always honor you and we will always we will always teach our church to honor birth moms can i tell you that birth moms are heroes in the faith birth moms are heroes in the faith because there i've never seen such such sacrificial love as i did with her uh my our story continues that after we our boys were born she would also gift to us a daughter and she came to us, uh, I guess it would be six, about six months later and said, I'm, I'm also, I'm carrying now another baby and it's a little girl. And I wanted to ask you if, I know it's a lot to ask, but I wanted to ask you if you would be willing to adopt her. And we were like, yes, of course. And I remember watching her labor for my daughter for 30, I think hours it was. And I just sat there helpless like and I just was like this is like Jesus because she's going through all of the pain and she's going through all of the discomfort and and only to in the end hand me the baby what a miracle what a gift we will always honor birth moms for choosing life for their babies I am so grateful to her I am so grateful to her that she chose life for our big three. And so now fast forward six years, seven years would go by. And, and we, this whole time, I would tell my husband, I, just, I know God's not done. We, we're going to have more kids. And I just knew, I just had faith that we were going to conceive. And I guess, I don't know if I already said this, but we had gone to doctors and there was, you know, we, there was no reason they said why we weren't conceiving. So we just knew it's God's timing. It's God's way. And um, so we just surrendered to that. We're like, God, when it's your timing, it will happen. Well, um, nine years after trying to conceive, we did miraculously conceive. And I, I'm telling you, I, I've, that was a joy like I've never experienced before. Women, if you're in here and you know the pain of waiting and, and taking a test after a test for years and getting a negative, that was the first time in my life after nine years that I saw a positive test. And I was overjoyed. It was, a, it was such a visceral joy for me. I can't even put it into words because I knew that I was carrying a miracle. Psalm 139 says, I knew you in your mother's womb. 
See, that little baby, that, that, that wasn't a clump of cells. That was a human being. That was God's promise to me, that he had promised me. And time, a, f- a few more weeks would go by and we would suddenly lose what we believe was our little girl. And in that time, it was definitely very painful and hard and confusing. God, we waited so long to conceive, but, and now she's gone. But can I tell you, once again, I anchored myself in God's faithfulness and God's goodness. I said, God, even though this doesn't make sense to me, I know that you're good and I know I can trust you. And can I, can I teach, us, teach you an, an important lesson that it, trusting in God's goodness doesn't mean that there's not doubt. It doesn't mean that you don't have questions. We are human, right? We're not God, we're human, okay? And I love what David modeled to us so well. He taught us where to direct our complaint, where to direct our questions. You see, the Israelites were judged because they grumbled and complained. What were they doing? They were taking their complaint amongst themselves. But there's a whole book on lamentations for a reason because God is teaching us to take our complaint to him. He is a safe place. And you know what it actually demonstrates? It demonstrates a trust in him. It means that God, I know you're a good father. So this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know why things are going the way they're going, but God, I trust you. And that's what we see with David. He would pour out his complaint. But what always happened at the end? He would say, but God, I know you're good. I know you're faithful. And I'm telling you, our God is faithful. So we anchored ourselves in that once again in this time of loss and confusion. And then a couple of years would go by. To be honest, I thought it would be, be right away. But two more years would go by. And then randomly on this random day, honestly, when I was least expecting it, because that's how God is, right? Um, I said, Chris, I think I maybe might be pregnant. Can you go get a test? And he did. And it's just like a random just day, you know, nothing special. And, and I remember I, I took the test, honestly, probably anticipating it would be negative, And it was like solid positive. Like, like the, I've never seen such a quick po- positive. Obviously I haven't because I hadn't seen it at that point, but it was like, no doubt we are pregnant. And I just was like, Oh, just once again, overjoyed, like, oh my gosh, God, what? And it, it was really cool because it was almost two years to the day of, of when we had conceived prior. So um, we were just overjoyed. And right away, I just said, Chris, I just know it's twins. I just know it. I, I forgot to mention that when we had lost our McKinley, God gave me a promise of a double portion. And I clung to that. I was like, God, I don't know what that means, but I, I'm believing for a double portion. Well, when we, when we found out we were pregnant, I just said, I know it's twins. Well, we go to our doctor appointment. They put on the little thing. And sure enough, there we go two babies right on the screen. And I just was like, right out of my mouth, I was like, I knew it. And we were just so overjoyed crying. Like we couldn't believe it. We're like two sets of twins. Oh my gosh. We had no idea what was coming. And we were like, oh my gosh, God is amazing. You know? And, and so, and I just think God was like, angels, this is going to be great. Watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to do next. They'll never see this coming. And truly we didn't. Four months after our miracle sons, Kingsley and Presley were born, I conceived again. I should add, we did nothing. We weren't doing in in vitro or anything like that. We did nothing. It was just God's perfect timing. And so I conceived again. This time we would go to our doctor appointment with a different prayer. Please God, just one. Please, 
Willow was there. She can testify. And this, our prayer of faith this time was one baby God. One, one, not two, one. Well, our prayer of faith in this time did not work. We, we, this, and it was funny because it was our same, the same uh, uh, x-ray technician who's now become a dear friend of mine was the same person who did our miscarriage who did our last twins, and now she was doing this one. So she was with us for this whole journey. And this time she, she put it up and we all knew. She didn't even have to tell us. There was two. <laughs> it was quite a different feel in the room than the time before. <laughs> and she said, guys, and we're like, we know, it's two. <laughs> remember we would go to the waiting room with our four month with our six well I guess they were six months at that time at that point old in tow and we're just like we're pushing their stroller and we're like oh god how okay okay lord but we trust you we trust your goodness and after about a good week you know of just solid grieving and like what are we gonna do oh lord pouring out our complaint god it's too much you know you know we were overjoyed and we just couldn't wait and now we couldn't even fathom life without our little Waverly and our Riley. Oh my goodness, that Waverly is going to change the world. She is, a, she is a spitfire for Jesus. And our, our little Riley, he has the sweetest voice. I'm trying to think of a Riley quote that I could say. He has the cutest, he has the cutest voice you could ever imagine. And every night when we, we, he still has a bottle in the middle of the night and he'll, we'll go in there to give it to him and he'll go, here you go. <laughs> with his bottle. And then I'll go, okay, mama, be right back. Thank you. I mean, he's just the cutest. So our little Waverly and Riley. So here we are. There's a scripture in the Bible from barren to seven. And God truly has been so faithful in our lives. He has exceeded our wildest expectations and dreams. And and Chris, are you, are you still glad you married me? So glad we... I know he comes up here a lot and talks about, but really he is the greatest dad and I know his heart. He would have more. At one point I was like, Chris, we have to do foster care next. And he said, oh, fine. What the heck? Why not? (laughs) Actually pray for Pastor Ken and Connie because as you know, yeah. I know they, I think they worry about who their son married. They're like, okay, so you guys are done, right? Like we're, you're done. If you don't know, we are, we're living with them right now and they are heroes. Truly pray for them because they have a million children running around in their house. So uh, pray, yeah, pray, pray for us to get a house. Okay. (laughs) And that's, and that's kind of what we're in. I was going to say too, like I've, I've now know in my life what it is to lose a parent. Suddenly I lost my dad unexpectedly. He was 48 years old, died of a heart attack suddenly. I know what it is to lose a child that I prayed for. And now in this season, there's a lot of details to it, but we, I know what it is to lose our home suddenly. But can I tell you in each season, we have anchored ourselves. Like I've said, once again, God, you're good. And I can't wait to see what you are going to do in this situation. I want to give you some scriptures this morning. Actually, before I do that, I want to read that quote, A.W. Tozer. I love this quote. I think, yep, no, right before that, sorry. Oh, here, I have it here, actually. I love this because he talks about how we view God is the most important thing about us. And it says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself himself. 
And the most pretentious fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that composes the church. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God. Just as her most significant message is what she says about him or leaves unsaid, for her silence is often more eloquent than her speech. I love that. Because how we view God is the most important thing about us. How you view God is how you will view all of life. My husband, we were talking about this recently and he said, that, said it this way, when we go through suffering, suffering has the ability to either push us closer to God or further away from God. Like I said, in this world, we will have trouble. We will have suffering. None of us are promised an easy life. Now in the life to come, Yes, but in this life, because we are, it's a fallen world, there is, there is brokenness. None of us are perfect. We hurt people and people hurt us, right? But we anchor ourselves in the fact that God is good and he is faithful and we can trust in him, amen? So how do we do this? How do, how do we learn to view God in this way? Well, there's a scripture at Hebrews eleven six, and to me, this has become foundational in my life. And I wanna read that scripture. It says this, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You see, it's not enough to just believe that he exists. No, the scripture is telling us, you must believe that he is God and that he is good. He is God and he is good. There's a lot of people in our world today that believe in God, but it's not enough. You must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What does that mean? He's a good God. He's a good father. You can trust in him. And so how do we how do we learn to walk through suffering and trials and disappointments and delays and loss? We we trust by faith that he is not only God, but that he is good. And if he is good, I can trust him. We teach this as parents, right? You know, because I said so, right? We just want our kids, just trust me. I know what's good for you. It's the same thing with God, even more so with God. If we can trust him, so therefore, and this has become what I've practiced in, in my life, if, I, if, if he's good, then I can trust him. And if I can trust him, then I can trust that he will work all things for my good. It doesn't mean that everything we go through in life will be good and easy, right? How many of you can give me a wave and say, yes, I have not had a perfect life. None of us have. But it means that when I go through difficulties, storms, trials, I can trust that he will work it for my good. And that's a, that's a, something that I've learned to do in my life that when storms come or things I'm not expecting, I go to God and I, and I pour out my complaint to him. And then my faith begins to rise. And then I say, okay, God, I can't wait to see what you are going to do. I can't wait to see how you will turn this around. I've seen you do it in my life time and time again with my husband, with my children. Why on earth would I doubt you now? We can trust that he is 
good. And I, I hope I'm preaching to someone in here that you said, I, that you would say, I want to believe that, but God has not been good to me in my life. Can I tell you, sometimes if you think, maybe you have a story, maybe like Joe, where it's like everything goes wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. Can I tell you another principle that I, I've learned in my life is to practice gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for. So even if I am just in a funk and I'm like, oh, I like I don't want to, I will start to say, God, I'm so glad I'm alive. God, I'm so glad that I have breath in my lungs today. I'm so glad, and I'll go outside because I love God speaks to me through nature a lot. I thank you, God, for the trees. Thank you for the birds. Thank you for the water. Thank you, God, for fresh air. Thank you, God, that I had food to eat today. You just begin to start thanking God. Just thank him. Just thank him. There's always things to be thankful for. Amen. And there's a scripture in James, James 1, I believe it is. And it says, let me find it. Sorry. I think we might have it up there, but it says, oh yeah, consider it a sheer gift, friends. Another translation will say, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, for you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. There's a scripture in 1 Peter that says, our faith must go through the fire to come out proved pure. Your faith will go through the fire, but it will come out proved pure. Amen. And so with faith, faith is what pleases God. And so if we can trust that he is good, then we can then we can have faith and we can count it all joy in any circumstance that we go through. Amen. I want to read to you a few scriptures before we close here. I know I'm going way over. Just to build your faith this morning on the goodness of God. If you could just put them up and we'll just fire through them really quickly. Psalm, sorry, let me give you the first one. Psalm 34, eight, there we go. It says this, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm, I can't read up there. Oh, there we go. Psalm 31. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind, in the cover of your presence. You hide them from the plots of men. I pray that over my family all the time. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Amen. First Chronicles 16, 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Romans 8, 28. I said this one already, but we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Psalm 145, 9. I think Tracy read this this morning. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Psalm 23, 6. Surely, come on, I'm preaching this to you today. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 27, 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
mean. When you are going through a trial or a storm, you must get faith inside of you to believe you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Say to yourself, this is just temporary. This is not forever. This is just a season. God, you are good. I believe I will see your goodness in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I love this in the message. This is God's word on this subject. As soon as Babylon 70 years are up, not a day before, I will show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Amen. Come on. I've been quoting that verse a lot lately. God, you've got it all figured out. You know what you're doing. I don't have to stress. I don't have to worry. You've got it all figured out. Plans to give us the future we hope for. Do you believe that this morning, church? Amen. I'm going to have you stand this morning. I'm telling you what. I have a scripture for you today. He is the God of the suddenly. How many of you know he is the God of the suddenly? See, in my, in my life, I've, I know what it is to have sudden loss, but I also know what it is to have sudden miracles and joy inexpressible. And there's a scripture in the Bible, Isaiah 48, three. We're grabbing a hold of this church by faith today. It says, the former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth and I announced them. And then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Go ahead and close your eyes this morning, church. If you are in need of a suddenly today, woo, I have faith for it this morning. I feel it this morning. There is faith in the house this morning. I am looking around the room. I know some of you are desperate for a suddenly. You need a miracle. You've been contending. There's another scripture that says in Matthew 15, 28, then Jesus answered her, oh woman, great is your faith. I speak that over our women in the house today on this Mother's Day. Great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Our God is the God of suddenlies. Oh, he is a miracle working God. You trust he knows what he's doing. You trust he will bring it to completion. If you have a promise, you can take it to the bank. He will fulfill it. Do not grow weary in believing. I'm telling you, I know what it is to wait a long time, but you got to preach to yourself. You got to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. He is a good God. He is a good father. And I pray today that that faith would get inside of us as a capital church, that we would be like those who dream. We would be like those who believe. We don't care what circumstances say. We don't care what our natural eyes perceive. We have eyes of faith. We reach into the future. We grab a hold of that which God has for us. For it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? If that hope comes from God, the fact that you have faith for it is the very proof that it will come to pass. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. So God says, here's faith, daughter. Here's faith, son. It's a preview of what's to come. You keep believing for it. You keep standing on it for I am good. God is not. There's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says 
that God, God uh, every good and desirable gift comes from above with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means that God is not a tease. He's not fickle. He doesn't change his mind. If that promise is from God, then it's as good as done. Amen? You can trust him. So if you need to suddenly in this place, go ahead and lift your hand this morning. I'm praying for you. I have faith for you this morning. Come on, if you need a miracle, you lift your hands. He is the God of the suddenly. He is the God of the suddenly. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing you that it's going to happen in this moment. But one thing I'm promising you, if you will grab a hold of it by faith, he will do it. And for some of you, that moment might be right now. So God, right now, we reach out by faith. And we grab a hold of what you have for us, oh God. Lord, let faith arise in us this morning. There's a man in the Bible that says, I have, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, if there are those in here struggling to believe, God, would you come like a generous and kind king that you are, and would you charge them with fresh faith this morning, that they would believe again, that they would not stop doubting, God. Maybe it's been decades, but God, that they would begin to have hope again. Abraham, it says, without hope, he hoped anyways. He kept hoping. When, even though the circumstances, it says his body was as good as dead. He hoped anyway. I'm just trying to get you to understand that if God said it, he will do it. He is faithful to his word and it will be for his glory, not your glory. It's all about his glory. So that's why I pray all the time, show off your goodness in my life, God. Not my goodness, but show off your goodness so that my life will point people to you. That people will say, if God could do that in your life, maybe he could do that in my life. So God, I pray right now that faith would come into us. We would believe, oh God. We would never, we would not stop believing, but God, we would be those that press in with faith. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to your word. You will bring it to pass. So God, I pray for each person with their hands raised this morning. God, let miracles and suddenlies happen this year in Capital Church and in every family represented here. God, if you could do it for Chris and I, you can do it for them. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.